Welcome to The Pew, the place where everyday guys talk about everyday things in front of the one person who can do something about it, Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, just a guy in the pew, John Edwards. Welcome back to The Pew, everybody. I am your host, John Edwards, and here to the left of me, as always, is my co-host and cohort, Victor Adams. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Man, a few words over here, Victor Adams. That's right. Well, you know, I mean, what am I going to tell him, like, what happened to me today? No, no. I hey. mean, I do have excuses. There you go. Excuses, I mean, huh? Well, you were a little bit late today. I was. We forgave you. I was. I was going to make something <laughs> up, but then I'm like, you know what? I just left a little bit later than I thought. Right. So. Well, we've had a little, you know, we've had a little delay. You know, we had a week or so off, and now we're back in here. So, just wanted to kind of remind everybody where we left off last time. We were talking about the truth. It's very interesting. You know, you and I did that episode, and we kind of, you know, we didn't hold back. We we threw some punches and didn't know how that was going to be taken. And, and there was a, several emails that called, and I mean, that were sent and, and said thank you for boldly speaking a truth you know and even you know my wife when i when i let her listen to it you know i was kind of like you know what do you think about this before i put it out and she said uh you know it's hard for me it was hard for me to listen to but thank you because it made me really uh have to come to grips with some things in my life and you know so uh it was something that was was you know was hard for us you know you want to you want to share the truth but you don't want to seem like you're you're judging or anything like that but you know, I didn't want to leave it where it was. You know, we, we, we talked about coming to the idea that, that we're preparing for Advent and the coming of Christ. And what does that mean? It means, you know, preparing for the coming of truth. And then how, what is the truth of our lives? Like, mm-hmm. where are we personally with Christ in our walk and, and taking back all the other junk and looking where we really are? And so as, you know, we had a, couple, a week or so off to, to think about the next episode, you know, I didn't want to just leave it there. I wanted to talk about what you mentioned a second ago, excuses, because that's really what keeps us from living the truth in our life is excuses you know we we once you make one excuse it, it's just more and more following it, it gets easier and easier right, right? Yeah, like yeah. oh i'll miss mass this one sunday or oh i'll just not pray today and next thing you know it, it turns into i'm not doing any of it all anymore and then you become okay with it the more you know the more you allow yourself to get out of your routine your routine and be okay with it the more normal it becomes right, right. that becomes your routine instead of what you should be doing. Well, it's also dangerous in your in your personal life when you have excuses that you don't, you tend to blame others for your mistakes or for mm-hmm. your the way you your life is at the moment when really, I mean, we ought to, you know, look at ourselves inwardly and say, okay, what did I have in, in, in hand of making right. this happen, you know? A lot of times it's very hard to do that inward looking. Right. Know? And so that, and that's the thing, like, you know, I wanted to go back and look. So where does this start? Like, why do we not live the truth in our lives? Excuses, like we said. Where did that start? Well, really, it started back in Genesis, in the beginning. And, I mean, I've got the scripture here I want to read real quick, and we can talk about it for a second. But the Lord God then called to the man and asked him, Where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden, but I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. Then God asked, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I have forbidden you to eat? The man replied, The woman who you put here with me, she gave me the fruit of the tree, so I ate it. The Lord God then asked the woman, what is this you have done? And the woman answered, the snake tricked me, so I ate it. So from the beginning, you know, here are the original two people that have been given a simple task. Live here. You're basically in heaven in this garden, you know, in this, this paradise place. All you got to do is not eat that tree. Like, that's the one thing you don't have to do. That's it. Everything else is, all, is, is, is fair game, right? Enjoy yourselves. Love. You know, have communion with God. You know, the original communion with God. 
And so they make a mistake, and then what happens? First, Adam blames God, and our blame. Yeah, he blames God and the woman. Right? He says the woman you gave me. Mm-hmm. So he's blaming both of them. And then when God turns his eye to Eve, she blames the snake. So from the very beginning, we're making excuses as to why we're not following the orders of God. It was very simple, right? Don't eat from that tree. Everything else is fine. Yeah. And we make excuses right from the very beginning, and we've been doing it ever since. Well, the, the thing that always stood out to me is when God's like, hey, where are you? I mean, you know, I'm like, well, God's God. You know what? He's, how could he not know Adam's not there? You're hiding there. Well, what happened sure. is that when Adam sinned, he broke that, 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 that I guess, say relationship. Sure. You know, that spiritual relationship that God had attacked with Adam. And when he sinned, it severed, you know? So therefore, God really couldn't feel him couldn't really see him in the sense of where he was because he's already he became separated from god mm-hmm. by, by that sin you know and and then in the sense of him being not not connected to god he started like really having excuses you know coming up with his own thoughts rather than being connected to Christ, to god in the sense of who he was his identity it wasn't god anymore it was just himself well i've always wondered too if, if god was like i want you to tell me the truth right like i know what happened it but i want be. you we to come yeah, out and tell right. me you know are you going to tell me the truth and i mean well not, you know who knows yeah. but it, it continues from there right like it starts with adam and eve and then there's all these other things the sin starts happening Cain kills abel all of this stuff starts spiraling even to moses you know moses is one of the heroes of of the history of of the entire everything of, of christianity of Ju- uh, judaism all that stuff hmm. and you look at it but he there were times where he made excuses too right god said i want you to lead my people and he goes i don't even know how to speak why me like are you sure me i, I, I don't even know how to talk to people and then when he tells him to go before pharaoh he says i don't even know your name right it's excuse after excuse and even the ones that were that were chosen by god i mean we all make our excuses right. this is not pointing the finger at anybody i make as many as as anybody else does. Oh, I'm tired tonight. I don't feel like reading the Bible. I'd rather watch a TV show. You know, I always find that funny where I'm too tired to read, but then I'm up for two hours watching a show. <laughs> you know, it's just we get used to and comfortable and, and, and agreeable with the excuses we make. And it continues on and on. And some of the ones that I hear a lot, you know, it's just common excuses. I don't have time for Christ in my life. I don't have time to do those things. I'm busy. I've got kids. I've, I've got sporting events. I've got all of this stuff. You know, it's hard to live. Right, like I can't do it because it's too hard for me to be that way. I feel like if I fail, then I'm done, which is a complete and total, uh, you know, misdirection of what Christianity actually is. I mean, God knows we're going to fall. That's why we have confession. That's why we have opportunities to reconcile and to move forward to learn from it. You know, people will think I'm weird. I've heard that a lot. You know, if I choose this, then people are going to are going to think something's different with me. They're going to disassociate with me. They're going to push me away. I'm going to lose things. Um, I'll be made fun of, you know, and persecuted because of standing up for what's right, you know, by everyone else. Because as you look around, Christianity, Christians are in a majority today. They're standing, I mean, excuse me, in a minority that are actually standing out and being vocal about their faith around the world. It's because it's, it's the weight of the world and, and being different weighs down on people. There's other things like if I surrender to Christ, and this is what I think most people have for an excuse and they don't admit, but I think this is just what they feel because I've felt it before. If I surrender to Christ, then I'll have to change my life forever, right? It's this idea that, like, once I say yes, there's no going back. And that's absolutely the truth, right? Like, once you've given your life to Christ, once you've been open, had your eyes open, you've been baptized, and you truly understand the call of Christ in your life, there is no going back. So that weighs heavily on people, right? Like, if I sign on this dotted line, then then I've given up 
my excuses, basically. You know, I've given up my 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 ability to do this. I can't walk both sides of the fence. I've got to choose one or the other. And that's that's I think is the hardest one for everybody. And I know personally, I felt yeah. that in my life too. I think it adds something else to that list. I think to combine that is like we're just exhausted. I mean, we yeah. we really exhaust ourselves. We're for parents, you know, who have kids. I mean, for people who don't have kids, there's there's this regimented way you get up ready for the in the morning and it's hard to incorporate prayer and so whenever we're like going from waking up to getting stuff ready for work or kids to school and then you gotta pick them up and then guess what probably have a sports uh activity after that and then you gotta figure out what's going on for dinner and then you probably have work to do at the end of the day and then you're by the time you make sure they're get their kids homework are done get them into bed after dinner brush their teeth all that stuff by that time it's like nine o'clock and you're looking, you know, like, yeah. man, I'm just ready to hit the head in the, you know, on the pillow, sure, you know. And and I mean, I've, man, I am, I am the most biggest accuser of doing that, right? You know, uh, even where I am today, there's times where I just barely get through the day in the sense of of, you know, strength wise, you know, sure. physical strength, to where it's hard to to get that mental gear going to where I need to say, all right, let me just give this to God and and help me out. And uh, I don't do that every day. You know, and that's yeah. why I'm just a guy in the pew, you know. <laughs> but the thing is, I can't. Yeah. I can do that. And I have to, like, put a note or a memory, mem- you know, like something, you know, whatever, post a note, whatever, sure. that works for that individual to, to get that gear going well, because yeah. it's important. And we really, we have to sit down and analyze our excuses. Like, right, excuses fall off your head, and you're like, yeah, that's right. And you'll give them a second thought, right, because you built that in. We have to stop and go, wait a minute, is that real or is this something like if I if I really sit down and that's a lot of it too, is having to sit down and look at my day and say, what time am I actually spending? Like we all have this idea that we're just so busy, we're so busy. But if you stop and you really start analyzing your day, you can find plenty of time for Christ. It's just we don't do it because we're going to have to stop and we're going to have to think about it. We're going to have to analyze. We're going to have to do this and do that. And it seems like more work. But in fact, what you're doing is a favor for yourself because you're going to find these are things I can get rid of. These are unnecessary things. Really, you know, I didn't have time for God, but I went to check the weather and then I was on Facebook for an hour and a half. You know, like that's, it, there's right. plenty of and things where look. You can get sucked into Facebook right. so easily. Like you, you're just looking at something, next thing you know, it's what, you it's, know, 10, 15 minutes. Yeah, that's, that's what right. I'm saying. Yeah. So you look like, it always kills me when Apple pops up that thing and it says, your screen time was up 10% for 10 hours and 45 minutes a day last week. And you're like, what? I don't know. How was that? Like, <laughs> and I'm not sure how all that works, but but it's a, it's a good reminder of the fact that like, I have more time than what I think. And so with excuses, like we're, they're so dangerous because we get so used to them. And Christ warns us all throughout all throughout Scripture that this, like, look, there's going to come a time when there is no excuse. You can say what you want, but it's not going to matter. Yeah, living, living the Catholic life is hard. Yeah, you're going to lose people, but I told you that, right? People will hate you because they hated me. You know, Father and... and uh, we will set father and mother and brother and sister against each other. All these things he's warning us, it's going to be hard. Like, there's not an excuse for that. I'm telling you, it's going to be hard. You still have to do it. If you've given me your life, then this is what's required of you. And, you know, John uh, John the Evangelist says it well, First John 1 through 6. He says, if we say we have fellowship with him while we continue to walk in darkness, we lie and we do not act in the truth. Which, you know, an excuse. That's another thing. You know, Sheen says right here, and uh, Archbishop Fulton Sheen, an excuse is worse than a terrible lie, for an excuse is a lie guarded. Well, that's the same thing. He's saying 
basically what John is. We're not living in the truth. We could sit here and say we follow him all we want, but if we're not doing it, we're not living the truth. It was what we talked about last episode. So I want to move ahead a little bit and talk about some of these other instances where Christ talks about this. It gives us an example of how he feels about excuses in our life. Because I think that we can sit there and convince ourselves otherwise, right? We go back to that presumption, presuming that that God is going to take care of us no matter what, that we can live our lives any which way we want to, and at the end of the day, his love and his mercy will be so much that he's going to feel sorry for us and let us in. But he's given us our whole life to have an opportunity to turn towards him again sure. and again and again. And, and that, that person has to have a heart to want to change. Right. You know, it can't be a, a cold heart to where you're indifferent to God's movement in your life. It's not... And it's not exactly going to work right. that way. Yeah. And so the, the the verse I want to get to next is it's talking about the banquet. And we've all heard it. And I'm going to read this you know small passage real quick. He says, He replied to him, A man gave a great dinner to which he invited many. When the time for the dinner came, he dispatched his servant to say to those invited, Come, everything is now ready. But one by one, they all began to excuse themselves. The first said to him, I have purchased a field and must go to examine it. I ask you, consider me excused. And another said, I have purchased five yoke of oxen, and I am on my way to evaluate them. I ask you, consider me excused. And another said, I have just married a woman, and therefore I cannot come. The servant went and reported this to his master. Then the master of the house in a rage commanded his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and the alleys of the town and bring in here the poor and the crippled, the blind and the lame. So basically after that, he says, Go out to the highways and hedgerows and make people come into my home so that it may be filled. Filled. For I tell you, none of those men who were invited will taste my dinner. So this whole passage is what we're talking about, right? God's preparing this dinner, this this heavenly banquet for us. And he sends us out. Hey, John. Hey, Victor. Hey, Deacon Jeff. Hey, whoever. It's time for the party. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm busy, God. Not right now. Not right now. It's time to pray. Not right now. I've got other things to do. I've got to finish this TV show. It's time to go to Mass. You know what? I don't. I want to sleep in this morning. Hey, it's time to... It's all these excuses we've talked about. And what does he say when the servant comes back? He says, I tell you, none of those men who were invited will taste my dinner. He's saying there's no room for excuses. When the time comes, you're not going to get to say, I need a do-over, right? Like on the last day. How you lived your life is how you've lived your life. And, and he gives us so many places of this in the Bible. But I think because it makes us nervous, because it, we, we feel like, okay, I've got to change. But if I change, that means I can't go out drinking all the time, or I can't you know, do the drugs that I'm doing, or I can't watch the, the porn anymore, or I can't you know, go out and, and raise hell with my buddies all night, or whatever it is. We, we get that fear, and so we go, so I just won't change, right? I'll have an opportunity later. But what he's telling you is there's going to come a time where the invitation comes, and there mm-hmm. is no second chance. Yeah. You know? Well, the neat, neat thing about that is, too, is that what is that saying is that everyone has reserved seating at that table. Mm-hmm. It's just up to that individual to, like you said, to get that RSVP in, right? Right. And so whenever we do get that, send that, we, we do, because I'm not always the one that sends RSVP in, and I show sure. up anyways. But we got, you know, by sending RSVPs, us giving our, our hearts to God, saying, yes, I will come. Yes, right. I will follow you. And, and I know there's suffering going to be involved in it. But there's nothing more important than being with you. You're exactly yeah. right. I mean, it's just that's what we have to do. We have to RSVP every single day. I like that you said that. I pray. That's what that's right. what RSVP is praying. Right. And yeah. just to do the things that we ask, we you know, it's like anything else. If you if you want to eat a cake and you eat a slice a day, you can eat that cake over a short amount of time. You're not. Nobody's asking you to just try to devour the whole thing at once. It's to constantly be working on ourselves. And so when we think of it that way, we can avoid the fear 
that leads to the excuses, right? I'm afraid of this, therefore I'm going to find a way out of it. Right, that's what mm-hmm. happens. You know, if you're an introvert and all of a sudden you got to go to a big party and 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 you're fine all the way up until the day, and then all of a sudden you start getting nervous and you make excuses for not not to go. That's not what this is. I mean, you you've got a chance every single day to grow and get to know the Father and to and to do these things that bite off a little bit at a time. But we've got to get the excuses out of the way. You know, one of the other things, um, that, and this is a pretty direct one that Jesus says is, this is John fifteen twenty two. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would have no sin. But as it is, they have no excuse for their sin. So when we try to convince ourselves otherwise, that, oh, Jesus is going to be forgiving, Jesus is going to be merciful, what did he just say there? If I hadn't come and told you all this, it'd be Mm -hmm. one thing. But I have. And so now you have no excuse. Now, granted, those that have not heard the word of Christ, the word of the gospel, people from around the world that have never heard of Jesus Christ, that's different. But the people who've accepted who are saying, I'm living as a Christian every day in my life, if we're not living the way that God told us to, he said, you have no excuse. It's written in, in thousands and millions of Bibles across the world. It's preached every Sunday, in no matter what church you're in, right? And, and you cannot ignore this. If you choose to ignore this, this is what's going to happen. He's saying it again and again and again. And I'm not trying to be doomsday here or to, or to say that I'm coming from a place of judgment because... This show, for me, is as necessary for me as it is for anybody else out there. That I need to remind myself constantly that he is the most important thing in my life. And he's such a kind God, he's telling us again and again. He's like, here's chance one, here's chance two, here's chance three, here's chance four. So when you die, don't ask me for chance five. Chance five, Because I've already given you this and over and over and over again. It, it's like he's painting it on a water tower or right. flying a, a, flag, a plane with a banner over. And, and we're told that Jesus will be, eventually be the judge. Right, he's merciful at the moment, but sure. he will be a judge, and he'll weigh our lives, good or bad, and and what we did in the world, and did we make the world a better place? Did we help change people? Did we help form people to find them, um, their faith through us? I mean, there's a lot of responsibility we have to have while sure. we're here, and not just for ourselves, our family, our kids, but for those around us, because we're supposed to be neighbors to everyone. Right, and it's how we live our life. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. And so one of the last ones, this is the third example of how Jesus basically says excuses aren't going to do. This is from uh, Matthew 7, 21 through 23. And it's the passage in the Bible is actually called True Disciple. And uh, he says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, right there, many, many. will say to uh, me on that yeah. day, know, Lord, Lord, do not, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not drive out demons in your name? Did we not do mighty deeds in your name? Then I will declare to them solemnly, I never knew you. Depart from me, you evildoers. That verse right there scares me more than anything. Well, the thing is, it's people who at one time in their lives followed Jesus, mm-hmm. followed Christ with their heart, and then something happened to where they they either you know, uh, cut the cord or the prayer or the Holy Spirit and mm-hmm. decided you know, rebuke the Holy Spirit, whatever that was, we don't know. We can only interpret that there was at one time they're in good standing and sense with God and they their life was motivated to help. Sure. You know, and then something happened. Well, and and that's the that's that's the thing he's saying that is like, look, I love everyone, I call everyone to me, but not everyone will, will want to come to me. Right. Well and what, what happens more often than not is the excuses we're talking about, right? We mm-hmm. get lackadaisical. We're on fire for our faith and then then all of a sudden over time we start, well, I'm not gonna go to this anymore. I'm not gonna go to that men's group. I'm not gonna go do the things I need to do. I'm not going to go to my Crescio group because I'm tired or I'm busy or I just don't feel like it or 
all of these things and we start to walk away from the father in a lot of ways and before you know it we're way further than when we thought right. right he's he's nothing but but a but a, a a small image in the distance and and that's what he's saying here is is look yeah you did a lot of things but were you checking boxes did you do the things I asked you to do? Did you do it with meaning, with love in your heart, with purpose, the purpose of knowing me better, of building relationship with me? And so easy. I mean, all you got to do is look around. And you see, I mean, in a couple of weeks, we'll be there at Christmas. You know, there'll be whatever, four or five masses on, on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. And, and you can't even find a parking spot. And you better get there two hours early. Every other day of the week, you can sit wherever you want to in the church and, and not worry about anybody being within five feet of you. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the exact same thing he's talking about here is this once and twice a year going to church on Easter and Christmas or this, oh, it's this season, I better get my, my stuff in gear. No, every single day we're called to live this way. And it's hard. It's hard on me. There's days where I look up and I go, you know what? I'm tired of this. I don't want to read the Bible this morning. I don't want to go to daily mass. I don't. And then I stop and I pray and I go, Lord, forgive me because I know this is the most important thing in my life. I know I'm a better father and a better husband and a better friend You know, when, when I have you at the center of my life. And that's why we feel that way. That's right. the devil poking, going, "Yeah, you don't have to do that. You don't need to do that. You know, back off." It, it just, it's just today, right? It's just this one time. Well, when does that ever be? When, when does that ever become one time? You know, we get ourselves in a place where we become okay with with excuses, and then all of a sudden, our life is nothing but one big excuse. Sure, and I think what you're saying too, what I totally agree with you on on the perspectives that we, you know, we we have to find ourselves um, busy in a sense of working towards God, but mm-hmm. we don't want to overexert ourselves to where we're like full-time volunteer at oh, no, the church. No. I know you're not, yeah. you're not saying that, but I'm saying we have to be care- careful because then that's, we're more focused on work. Sure. And, and, and like you said, being seen and people saying, wow, he's here all the time. That's amazing. Well, that's good. But mm-hmm. what is your heart in doing? Well, that? yeah. And you're talking about like measuring your holiness on, yes. on your activities. Right, right. And that's definitely not what you want to do. What I'm speaking of is more of like that that building up right. of self all Find the time. two or three things you put right. your energy into. Walking yeah. with God in the garden, whatever yeah. that means to you, whether that's prayer time in your room or, or you know, walking the dog and, and being in your thoughts outside, you know, sitting in adoration, whatever those things are, um, but growing closer and closer to the Lord. And when you're doing that, when you're staying close, you find out you don't need excuses anymore. Um, you know, and here's the other thing. A lot of times we, we, we realize this freedom that we have that God's given us. And we, we can use that as our excuse. You know, in, in 1 Peter uh, 2, 16 and 17, it says, Be free yet without using freedom as a pretext for evil, but as slaves of God. And that's the thing we have to keep in mind, too. Yes, we are free to do whatever we want. But like we've said here multiple times over, Jesus is warning us that like one day there's going to come a reckoning. And, and what we need to realize is that he's given us our entire life. Each day that we draw breath is a day to revert. You know, we begin again, as St. Benedict says, right, every day. And so it's an opportunity to continue to turn away, to realize those excuses I'm making. And that's what's been, you know, hard in my life, but also rewarding. When I've gone, you know what, I just don't feel like, you know what, nope, stop, no excuses. I'm going to go do this, and I'm going to start with this, and then it's going to be done, and I can move on to whatever else needs to be done today. But I'm going to begin with God, and I'm going to end with God, you know, no matter what else is going on. So, and the thing, the way we need to look at it is, we have everything to gain. You know, so often we look at the negative side of things. Well, if I do this, I'm not going to have time to do that. If I do this, but you have everything to gain in heaven, right? To spend the rest of your life, to, to start solidifying that each and every day, to build your case, to, to, to be with the Father in heaven when your number is called. 
not to look at it as I've got to do this, I've got to do that. Oh man, I'm worn out and I've got to, but to look at it as a privilege to grow in that relationship with the Lord and be called into his kingdom for the rest of our life, you know, and and to know that. And and that's the hope of this episode is not to point a finger and to be judgmental and you, you know, all you people need to stop making excuses. No, it's just to realize that we all are and that Jesus has stated multiple times again and again in the Bible that there is no excuse when it comes to time. The life you've lived is what you've lived. You know, we've all talked, you heard about how we're written in the book of life, everything we've done. And so that's what's going to be read. And you have an opportunity every day to rewrite that page. You know, if you mess up, go to confession, start rewriting. You know, God built us with an eraser. It's called reconciliation. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. so you get to do that again and again and again. So, and the, and the other thing is no one can, can do this for you but you, right? That's another excuse. Well, I didn't have anybody to help me. Well, I didn't have anybody to show me. Well, I didn't. You know, when I came out of jail, I didn't know what I needed in my life, but I knew that I needed God. And I, all I started doing was reading the Bible. I didn't remember where. I didn't know where I needed to start. There was a lot of times I played Russian roulette with the Bible and just started reading and praying, like, Lord, give me something to grow in my life. So we need to realize that excuse, is that doesn't float either, right? This I don't know how to. If that's the case, find someone. Go to your parish. Look around and see those that are living, you know, living for Christ and Gosh, open your bulletin. There's plenty of opportunities every week to, to go to things that, where people are doing things for the faith. Right. But right. but you cannot have that excuse that I don't know where to start. I, I think what you're saying is that most of us have an instinct in us when we get like in trouble to go to the, the scriptures, right? Mm-hmm. Where our life seems chaotic, where it seems like, dis, like disjointed from God. Where we go? We go straight to the scriptures, and that's what you did. I think we all have internally instinct to find God whenever we're struggling. Right, and and here's the thing. You've been given the warnings. If you're Christian, you heard it. So if we don't make it there to heaven, we really don't have an excuse because we were told time and time again. And in fact, there's a proverb, you know, Proverbs 22, 13, that says, a lion is outside, I might be slain in the street. We can't use getting in the game as an excuse. Well, I might get hurt, I might be you know, persecuted. I might be made fun of. All those things have to be put aside. We have to realize that the Father has a plan for our life, and it's a good plan. And we have a part to play in it, and He's calling us to live the life, to live in this truth every day without excuses. So as you, as we end this episode, guys, and we're going to take it to prayer, start looking at the things in your life that you're telling yourself why you can't be more of a Catholic, you can't be better about your faith, and get rid of them. So in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, Each one of us has been called to become a disciple and live in your truth. You never said it would be easy or would be free of crosses, though. Help us to resist the temptation to choose the easy path. And Father, give us the grace to do away with excuses and to fully surrender to the life you call us to lead. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. amen. Thanks for listening to Just a Guy in the Pew. To find out more about John Edwards or have him come to speak to your parish, group, or conference, go to justaguyinthepew.com or send us an email at justaguyinthepew at gmail.com.